This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall is brought to you by the following sponsors. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. McDowell Specialty Repair, Susie Boyle Mortgage Team and Castle & Cook Mortgage, LLC. And Summer's Funeral Home, every life leaves a legacy. And now, here's your host for Game Plan for Life, Skip Hall. Welcome to Game Plan for Life. This is your host, Skip Hall. Well, today we've got a very special program for you. Lou Holtz, the uh, highly recognized coach for 34 years, is or was the guest speaker at the FCA Breakfast, Fellowship of Christian Athletes Breakfast in Boise recently. And uh, we're going to share with you what he had to say. Um, he's going to be introduced by Gene Blameyer, the first uh, or the uh, former athletic director at Boise State. And then we'll get right into Lou. And, uh, you know, the great thing about Lou, he's such a good communicator and speaker. Uh, he had a great sense of humor, and I think you'll really enjoy his message. Um, I first met Lou when he came to Boise. He was brought here by Albertson's company to speak to their executives and uh, had a chance to take him over to Boise State when I was the coach, take him out on the blue, and and, uh, we had such a special time together. So anyway, here we go. Here's Gene Blameyer to introduce Lou Holtz. Okay. And uh, now, so I I asked Kenny, I said, I've known Coach Holtz's Resume. I mean, I've I've heard about Coach Holtz uh, for years and years because he was such a, a big prominent name in college athletics. So I said, but but give me his bio anyway, so that I make sure I don't miss anything. So Kenny sends me his Bible. It's about six, seven, eight pages long. Okay, it would take a half hour for me to read the highlights in his bio. So I said, well, that's not going to work. So I said, I'll, what I'll do is I'll just go through and pick out the, the really big highlights. Well, that cut it down to about 15 minutes. And I said, that's not going to work. So the super highlights are in your program. So uh, read the paragraph on Coach Holtz. It's unbelievable. But I am going to share with you one paragraph that I think is, says it all. In his 11 seasons at Notre Dame, Coach Holtz chalked up more victories than the number accumulated by Air Parsegian, Lute Rockney, or uh, Leahy in their first 11 years on the job, including the Consensus National Championship in 1988. He also had a record 23-game winning streak that ranks as the longest in Notre Dame history, had an overall 100 wins and 30 losses, two ties, marked during his 11 years, and that has positioned him alongside those fighting Irish coaching legends. When the fighting Irish met Florida in the 1996 Orange Bowl, it was the ninth straight year that Coach Holtz had taken Notre Dame to the traditional January 1st postseason bowls. That would be the Cotton Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl. Nine straight years he did that. Just phenomenal. Nobody else has come close to that. He's now... Staying busy, he's a sports analyst, a speaker, and an author. Please welcome Coach Lou Holtz. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Don't stand up. You have no idea how nervous I get. I thought you were getting up to leave. So I appreciate that nice introduction. That's type I could listen to all day. And just like you, I thought I was going to have to. Uh, <laughs> I am delighted to be here. I didn't know who this many people in this area. But the turnout this morning is, is a real tribute to God. And he's obviously has blessed this. 10% of you won't remember 10% of what I said 10 minutes after I said it. But next few minutes, I want to share thoughts and ideas. I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to lecture. I'm going to talk about things I believe. I'm not going to talk about something I read about or heard about. I'm going to speak from my heart. The stories I share with you are absolutely true. But before I do that, I want to congratulate Wyoming on being here. What a great opportunity it is for the young man, the experiences you'll have. And Coach Ball, I followed your career when you were at North Dakota State. Unbelievable. And I followed at Wyoming. I bring my family out here five different times to Wyoming. I'd come to your university. I'd look at your stadium, your indoor workout area, and play golf on your course. And, of course, it's great for me to be here with my alma mater, Kent State University. It's, uh, I'm proud of you. But as a Kent State, Miami would say, can't read, can't read, but we are Kent State. But <laughs> it's a great school, and it helped me tremendously, and I'll always be indebted to it. So it would be a great bowl. And as far as FCA camp, South Carolina, we played the first game played after 9-11. And we played Mississippi State on ESPN, and the night before, we had a Bible study or, or get-together. Adrian Dupree was our team chaplain. I'll never forget his talk. He said 10 days ago, some brave priests or some brave firemen and brave policemen went into a burning building and saved people's lives. You think about that. How great it must feel to save somebody's life. And then went on to say, think how much greater it is to save somebody's soul. To save a life is for a couple of years. To save a soul is for eternity. When you talk about sending people to summer camp, you could be saving somebody's soul. So I'm absolutely delighted to be here for such a great cause. As I say, I'm an old individual. I mean, my birthday candles used to cost more than a cake, but not anymore, because it takes two cakes to get them on. <laughs> but the one thing I do understand, you're always going to have problems, you're always going to have difficulties, I don't care how old you get. It's just part of life. And a lot has changed. A lot has changed since I've been here a long time. I did ESPN, love this, love the blue turf, did many games on But a lot has changed. You know, we've had COVID. I say to the government, don't keep me alive by keeping me from living. Let me make my own choices. And of course, my, that's just how I feel. And my wife, my wife of 59 years passed away. 18 months ago. So a lot has changed in my life. But I'll tell you the one thing I hadn't changed is my faith in God. My faith, I don't know how people can get through life without a faith in God. See, faith in God doesn't mean you aren't going to have any problems. What it means is God's going to help you handle them because you're always going to have them. June 22, 2015, I'm awakened at 2.30 in the morning with a smoke alarm. Our house is on fire. I wakened my wife and we got out with just our bathrobe. Now, a month before that house burnt down, 
We're walking, we're driving into the driveway, and I said to my wife, when you were in East Liverpool High School, did you ever think you'd live in a home this beautiful? My wife is so religious. I mean, if she ain't in heaven, I ain't even going to try. I mean, she had no chance. <laughs> and she said to me, she said, Lou, this house doesn't belong to us, it belongs to God. She said, everything we have belongs to God, and she meant it. So a month later, the house was burning down at 2.30 in the morning. I said, God, you ought to do something by your house. You don't burn it down. Not mine. But there we were, 8 o'clock in the morning, nothing but smoking ashes. She's crying. And I said, you have 24 hours to cry, to wallow in self-pity, to feel sorry for yourself. But from Monday morning, 8 o'clock, we're going to move on. That's why the good Lord put eyes in front of your head, riding them back to you and see where you're going, rather where you've been. And I gave her an unlimited budget to rebuild it. And she exceeded it. She, <laughs> but we're going to have problems. That's just how we handle it. it. There are a lot of things in this world I don't understand. I don't understand how a black cow eats green grass, produces white milk and yellow cheese. I don't understand why they sell hot dogs in packages of eight and hot dog buns in packages of six. It makes no sense. I have no idea why a kamikaze pilot wore a helmet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I really don't understand how anybody could not have a strong faith in God. You can see me because you have 100,000 receptors in your eyes. You can hear me because you have 24,000 fibers in your ears. You think about the 206 muscles in the mouths of different things. And you think about your heart beating time after time, year after year, pumping blood all through the body and the trillions of cells that die instantly and are replaced automatically by a trillion. You think about the brain. You think about the reproductive system. You think about the spinal system. I mean, did you go tell me that happened by accident? There have been 11 martyrs. Or all, 11 of the 12 apostles died as martyrs. You don't die for a lie. And I just, I just don't understand how you could not. Oh, we all have that foxhole religion. I can't begin to tell you how many times I prayed when Michigan was on our three-yard line. <laughs> oh, God, you stop them. I'm going to change my life. <laughs> it's like the guy needed a parking spot and he couldn't find one, had an important meeting, looked up and said, Dear Lord, you find me a parking spot. I'll go to church every Sunday. I'll give up drinking, give up cussing. Just in miraculously, a parking spot opened up. He looked up and said, Forget it, God. I found one on my own. <laughs> It's like, dear God, I have no doubt you separated the Red Sea so that the Israelites could leave. I have no doubt. For 40 years in the desert, you fed them. And I have no doubt you turned water into wine. And I firmly believe that you took five fishes and two loaves of bread and fed 5,000 people. I believe that. But see, God, you don't know how good Michigan is. I just can't trust you with that. You have to have a faith. And I used to have a sign that was said to me and said, Lou, relax, I got everything under control, sign God. See, ladies and gentlemen, having a faith and a belief is critical. And my greatest accomplishment is not speaking, not coaching, not TV. My greatest accomplishment by far is my family. Now look at what you accomplish in this world. If you aren't successful as a father, as a husband, You've really failed. That's our main obligation we have here.
I was awarded the highest honor. I guess it was uh, called the Medal of Freedom. But the Medal of Freedom doesn't define who I am, doesn't change who I am. My family will determine what kind of life I led. And I'm going to make five assumptions of the people in this room. I'm going to assume you want to be more successful professionally. You want to win more football games, for example. I'm going to assume you want to have a good personal life. I'm going to assume you want to feel needed by other people. I'm going to assume you want to feel secure about your future. The fifth assumption I'm going to make is that you want to go to heaven. I want to give you a simple philosophy of what we tried to live, what we tried to preach. It isn't very complicated. I don't know why we complicate life. Do you realize there are only seven colors of the rainbow? Look what Michelangelo did with seven colors. There's only seven musical notes. Look what Beethoven did with seven musical notes. There's only ten numbers. Look what Bernie Madoff did with ten numbers. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't mean it's always good, but it doesn't have to be complicated. And let's keep life simple. I think that is so critical to keep it simple. I want to give you three simple rules. These are the only three rules we've ever had to follow. The three rules I've used for my children, I use for our football team. These are the same rules, and they aren't very complicated. It's important for you to understand who I'm not. I'm not a singer. I'm not a dancer. I'm not an entertainer. I'm not an intellect. I hate to tell you this, when I graduated from high school, I was in the lower third of my high school class. If it was not for people like me, there could have been no upper half of the class. You know, just gone to bar. <laughs> Somebody said you've written three New York Times bestselling books. It is true. I've written more books than I've read, so just so we understand. And I'm not a great athlete. I wish there was. Kent State gave me my jersey here, and I cherish that. I, but I wasn't a great athlete. And I live in Orlando, and I played golf, and a few years ago I was paired with Arnold Palmer at Bay Hill. I was so nervous. I played so poorly because I was nervous. And Arnie was so great, and after we lost money, I said, gee, Arnie, I'm sorry. I never played that bad before. He said, oh, you played before, have you? So... <laughs> Just so you understand, I am a simple individual. There's nothing complicated. But the three rules will never lead you down. And, and in 40 years, I've never needed a fourth rule. Rule number one, do what's right. Just do what's right. Avoid what's wrong. There's never right time to do the wrong thing. Never wrong time to do the right thing. It's, I, I'd say the play. It's not right to find a teammate's wallet before he lost it. That's called stealing, son. Just do the right thing. I think also, life's a matter of choices. Whatever happens to us, good or bad, because of choices we make. Choose to do drugs, drop out of school, join a gang, get tattoos from head to bottom, get arrested. You're choosing to have difficulty in life and stop blaming me for the choices you make. But the most important choice we make every day is the attitude we have towards God, towards life. You know, we have a lot of wonderful powers. We have the power to love, to think, create, to imagine, to plan. But the greatest power we have by far is the power to choose. You can choose to act or procrastinate, believe or doubt, prayer, curse, help or heal, succeed or fail. We also choose by far the attitude we have. Have fun. People say, you have fun doing TV? Not really. I was on there with a guy named Mark May, and I love Mark May. He's a wonderful individual, but our disagreements on TV was authentic. Mark was a player as a coach. 
He made suggestions, I made decisions. He showered after work, I showered before work. He signed a paycheck on the back, I signed it on the front. You know, we just had a difference of opinion. As I would say to him, Mark, I'd love to agree with you, but if I did, we'd both be wrong, and that's not good. <laughs> but I'd be up there in Connecticut, it'd be snow, and I hate cold weather. And, but when they turned the red light on, I'd go to have fun. I, I try to have fun every day, no matter what I do. I don't care what I'm doing, I'm going to try to have a reason to enjoy it. It's like Tom Sawyer painting a fence. Oh, there's so much fun. Everybody wanted to pay him to pay the fence. Have fun with what you do. Doesn't mean you don't do dumb things. I go on TV one time, called it University of Auburn. Well, next week I go on TV and apologize. So I called the University of Auburn. Many of you wrote to tell me. It's Auburn University. I appreciate it. I'm a quick learner. I won't make the mistake again. You don't have to write me anymore. I then turned to Reese Davis and said, Reese, I had no idea that many people from Auburn could write. <laughs> you want to talk about death threat? Now, I only lied one time on TV. Mark May said something about my golf game. I said, I want you to know I'm the best golfer at Lake Nona. We had 13 touring pro golfers. I'm not a very good golfer, but I said on TV. I came back the next day, and everybody at the club said, you lied. How could you say that? I said, listen, 300 members know I lied. 300 million people think I'm a great golfer. I <laughs> like it or But you know the difference between right and wrong. If you have any doubt, get out the Bible. Rule number two, do everything to the very best of your ability. Not everybody be an All-American. Not everybody be All-Conference. Not everybody can be first team, but everybody can be the best you're capable of being. God gave us talents and abilities in a lot of different ways. The most important thing we can do is whatever we're going to do, let's do it to the very best of our ability. That's all I ask. Then rule number three, show people you care. You're never going to again meet somebody that needs love and understanding. Everybody's got problems. Everybody's got difficulties. My wife is a beautiful person, and she fought cancer for 22 years before she died. And she's done one interview in her entire life had to do with uh, cancer. And they said to her, what would you learn from having cancer? She said, I learned how much my family loved me. We didn't love her anymore. We showed it. Why do we have to wait for somebody to have a catastrophe? Before we reach out and say, hey, you're special, we appreciate you. And if you can put love on a football team, you put love in a business, but put love in a family, you'll never be disappointed in the results. When she passed away, I got thousands of notes and emails and letters. And I thought, why didn't they write those a month earlier so I could share them with them? See, so many times we think... We're the only ones that have problems. As I tell you, don't tell people about your problems. 90% don't care. The other 10% are glad you got them, so you're better off <laughs> to keep them to yourself. But my wife and I were opposites night and day. She said opposites attract and then attack. And she didn't have much of a sense of humor, but she left me a note a couple years ago and said, Lou, I can't please everybody in the world, so I'm going to stop trying. I'm going to focus on pleasing one person a day. The days are your day, and the mark doesn't look real promising either. So, <laughs> But you build love and feeling, caring, understand everybody 
needs a smile and encouragement. We win the national championship. We go to the White House. We go to the White House. It was fantastic. We took charter plane back the same day. I'm awakened that night to tell me Bobby Satterfield had died of a congenital heart defect that evening. The afternoon, he's at the White House. That night, he's dead. So I asked the school operator to call our whole football team, tell them I wanted a team meeting at 7.30 before classes to tell them about Bobby Satterfield. They came in. They're in a great mood. They thought I was going to resign. Why else would he call a meeting? <laughs> I said, man, last night, Bobby Satterfield died of a congenital heart defect. One player passed out. Almost every player in that room wept real tears. If you're in that room, you couldn't tell Bobby Satterfield was white or black. You couldn't tell if he was offense or defense. You couldn't tell if he was first team or third team. You couldn't tell anything about him. But you could tell the players lost somebody they loved. Bobby Satterfield was a black defensive back from Los Angeles, third team walk-on. He wasn't a great player. They didn't love him because he helped win games. They loved him because he's on a team. You know, players come and go. Teammates last a lifetime. And they loved him because he was a teammate. But he wasn't a great football player. I couldn't put on the films that West Bobby Satterfield help us win. But I will say this. Every time I saw Bobby Satterfield on the game, I felt confident we'd win by 30. Because if he wouldn't have... If we weren't ahead by 30, he wasn't in the game, you know, just. <laughs> but those are the only three rules you ever need. You follow those three rules, the five assumptions I make will come true. See, wherever we are, because of choices we make, you follow those three rules. You always make great choices. Because everybody asks three questions. The three questions every spouse asks about one another, parents ask each other. The three universal questions everybody asks. Question number one is, can I trust you? Without trust, there can be no relationship. You can't have a marriage without based on trust. You have to have players you can trust. They have to be able to trust you. Now, this is a smart group. How can I make sure that people can trust me if I do the right thing? Why is it important to do what's right? So you build trust. The second question everybody asks, are you committed to excellence? Do you want to be good? Well, you can have all the slogans you want. First will be best, then will be first. You send a message whether you're committed to excellence or not by the standards you have for yourself. And the last question everybody asks, do you care about me? Do you care about me because I can run or throw? Or do you genuinely care about me? Those are the only three questions, and those are the only three rules. Those are three rules I had for the athletes and for our children. And when I violated the rule, which I often did, I'd say, Jim, I don't believe you're doing the best you can in Spanish 2, and here's why. Got an A in Spanish 1, you got a D in Spanish 2, you missed class three times, study hall twice. I don't believe that's the best you can do, and I want to know why. You never attack the performer. But as a leader, as a parent, as a coach, most important obligation you have is to have high standards and not lower them, but show people how to reach them. Remember when players and children need love and understanding the most is usually when they deserve it the least. But those are just the only three rules I ever had. When I stood up here, I knew 10% of you wouldn't remember 10% of what I said 10 minutes after I said it. But like King Henry VIII said to his third child, or his third wife, 
ain't going to keep you much longer. <laughs> and I'm not going to keep you much longer except having a faith in God. And just think about it. How in the world can you go through life? You're put here for a purpose. And as Mark Twain said, the two most important days in your life, one's the day you're born. The other's the day you discover why you were born. And when you discover we're born to help other people, to reach out, to care about them, that's what Christianity is all about. I've been this summer camp here with SCA. They're unbelievable, the change it makes in people's lives. One of the great things being at Notre Dame, you could profess your faith without worrying about the ACLU calling your president. It's like people talk about the Miami-Notre Dame game. And, and God doesn't care who wins the game. We had a big luncheon before that game, and I go into the luncheon, 3,000 people, and the priest gets up to give the invocation. He said, Coach Holtz, my name is Father Leo. I don't remember his last name, but I do Leo because that's my middle name. He said... I'm a Catholic priest. I'm a team chaplain from Miami. We've won 34 in a row. We plan on winning tomorrow. He said, I want you to know, Coach, God doesn't care who wins this football game. Let us pray. When I got up, I looked at him. I said, Father, I agreed with you. God doesn't care who wins the game, but I promise you his mother has great interest in the outcome of this game. Yeah, <laughs> just having a faith and a belief. But I leave you with this last thought. You want to be happy for an hour? Eat a steak. Want to be happy for a day? Play golf. Want to be happy for a week? Go on a cruise. Now, I may go on a cruise like being in jail, except you have a chance to drown. But this Want to be happy for a month? Buy a new car. Want to be happy for a year? Win the lottery. Want to be happy for a lifetime? Put your faith in Jesus Christ. He'll never lead you wrong. He'll never leave you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm overwhelmed by the attendance. Must not be much going on this morning in the city of Boise. But thank you for being here. God bless you. Well, what a great message by Coach Lou Holtz. Join us next week. I hope to have uh, former Boise State uh, head football coach Jim Kreiner in studio. Jim, of course, led the Broncos to a national championship in 1980. Until then, have a great week, everyone. Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall is brought to you by the following sponsors. Christian Brothers Automotive. Security Gold and Silver, a reliable source for your bullion investment. Dominoes. Oh, yes, we did. Diamond Heating and Cooling. Hoffman Auto Body. Someone you can trust. The Building Hope Project. A hand up, not a hand out. And Zero is Carpet Cleaning. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the Game Plan for Life. Have a great weekend. And remember, no game plan, no victory.